Welcome, everybody, to a Wednesday edition of Texans All Access from the Hyundai Texans Radio Studio. It's John and it's Mark. We're going to have a little in the lab with Drew a little later in the show. We're also going to learn about a wide receiver who played three quarters of one game. He's one of the most polarizing wide receiver prospects in the 2020 NFL Draft, and there have been a lot of a lot of people out there, a lot of analysts that have in some way, shape, or form mocked this player to the Texans, sometimes not so much at 12, but a lot of times at number 33 or 34. I don't know how they're numbering them in the mm-hmm. second round with the, the pick that Miami forfeited. But either way, we're going to learn a lot about Jackson, Smith, and Jigba a little later in the show. But, Mark, we tonight are going to start with a position breakdown. We're going to do one of these a week. Last week, we did secondary. This week... It's running backs. Ooh, let's go. Okay. We got a good one. I know this. So I'm going to start there. Well, with this thought. What team ran for more yards per game? 2021 Texans, 2022 Texans. This is a trick question. It is a trick question. You're going to tell me it's the 2021 Texans. I'm telling you to take your pick. I'll just say it because you set it up that way. But I'm going to say there's a disclaimer here. No, 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 no. I want you to tell me uh, which team ran for more yards. Without looking, per I game. want you to tell me which team ran for more I'm yards per game. I'm still going to go 2022. Game. 2022 or 2021? Two. You're correct. 2022 yes. is that team. You thought long and hard about no, that. No, but I was thinking, wait, what am I doing here? I know these numbers. <laughs> but you just had me second-guessing myself. I know. But I think it goes to a point. Because that's where I started with this. My When I was writing about the position breakdown and I start with each position. My first thought is, okay, 2022, how was it? And my gut told me, oh, we were much, we were much better per game than in 2022. Uh, Not really. In 2021, we ran for 84 yards a game. Now, listen, none of these numbers are going to be earth shattering, shattering. So just hang on. Okay. 84 yards per game in 2021. We ran for 87 yards per game. In 2022. So you were correct, 2022. But didn't it just feel like we ran the ball better because Damien was there? Yeah, because you did. Most of the time, you ran the ball better. Now, Damien got hurt, and early on, Damien wasn't used enough. Opening day, we all remember that. Correct. Too many gives to the wrong guy, Hmm. and he's a good guy. But look, Damien Pierce needs the football. We all learned that along the way, especially on this team. He needs the football. And then you saw some things like Daria Gunbowale runs the ball pretty well. And yep. even Royce later in the season gave you a little bit of pop from time to time. But you've got to have Damian Pierce. And we're doing this segment because what else is out there, right? Free agency oh. and the draft. There are some attractive prospects out there for this team. What are they going to do? They're going to do some things because, look, you have free agents. You're not going to have the same stable of running backs. And you need to improve. We all know it. And you need to build around Damian Pierce. Okay. Glad you brought that up because what's in the stable right now? Well, there are four running backs in the stable as we speak. We know about Damian Pierce. He was fantastic. He didn't get the thousand yards because of the injury. He also had a game against the Washington Commanders where he didn't do anything because he just got completely bottled up. The same thing against the Titans, both games uh, that he, that those two Back to back, I believe. I exonerate was, him. It was, yeah. Dario Gumboale is back. He is under contract for the 2023 season. Excellent. I like that. Yeah. I like having having Dario Gumboale back. Here's another guy, and I'm very curious 
your thoughts on Darius Jet Anderson coming back off injury. I think you have to have a look at him. We wanted to remember he got hurt and we yep. saw him a little bit during training camp and thought, hmm, interesting. There. Yep. Let's go. But you weren't able to see it. So he'll be back. You'll see some things. Maybe they decide, no, we're going to bring in other prospects. But I do believe that you'll get a look at him and see if he can bring something to the table when he's healthy this yeah. year. And that's the thing. Is he where is he health wise? Has the injury taken away any of that speed? I mean, his name, his nickname is Jet. By yeah. God, he can run. There's no doubt about that. Yeah. So it's just a matter of what did the injury take away from him and how does he fit in? To me, if I'm thinking about the names that have been rumored as OC, I mean, look, it's out there. Sources have said Bobby Slowick is the offensive coordinator um, on this offense. And if you're thinking it's going to have a look like it did in San Francisco, eh, probably so. And if so, Darius Anderson might be a decent fit in that particular offense. The fourth running back is actually fullback Troy Hairston, yeah. who is not Kyle Juszczyk. He's not him. He's a different type. He's more like a guard in the backfield. But I do think that Troy could evolve into not what, what Juszczyk is. Juszczyk is a – he's – He's a different type. He's not really a fullback. He's an all-world type yeah, player, too. It, it, at different. his spot, Johnny, right. at his position, he's a very useful, effective player as a fullback, H-back, whatever he is, however you want to define him. I'm going to say this about Hairston. He's only going to get better, oh, yeah. right? He's Absolutely. got the work ethic. I see him around here all the time. All the time. Yeah, and he the has time. the drive to succeed. Now, who knows where it takes him? Is it going to be enough? We'll see. But he's got great football ability, you know, moving over from the defensive side. You know he loves to hit people. That's a good thing. And you know he can catch, too. He can catch, and maybe he gets a chance to do more in the offense the yep. way Slowick's going to set it up. Yep, absolutely. Okay, so those are the four coming back. Two players that are unrestricted free agents, Rex Burkhead, Royce Freeman. Don't know what that's going to mean for those two. Um, I would imagine the Texans are going to look at running backs. So let's go beyond that. So they've yeah. got the three tailbacks, one fullback in in the stead right now. And we're talking about 90-man roster here. We know they're going to chop it down. Yeah, yeah, we're not yeah. talking about Labor Day moves here. No. Maybe guys who could help you beyond Labor Day. Yes, right. please. But just building that 90-man <laughs> roster to see what you've got and shuffle the deck right. and see how it plays out. Available unrestricted free agents, and I put in all caps and bolded, that make sense and this is my point when it comes to free agency across the board it has to make sense and I go back to a, a phrase that Nick Casario has used and it's a financial phrase but it applies here and it's called supply and demand I think you look at the draft and you say okay what's available in the draft because the draft is, well, let's just say it, it's cheap labor, at least through the first three or four years. It's cheap labor. Sure. It's cheaper more than likely than what you're going to get on the open market. But it's also agency. inexperienced and you need time to develop it. You're right. Very often. You're right. So pros and cons of sticking with the draft. Yeah. I think, especially running back, you might be more prone to think younger. But, you know, who's to say? You would like to have some experience in the room. You do have Dario Gumbawale, who's been around. He's seen some things. He's the OG now. Damian mm -hmm. Pierce going to year two. So even if you bring in a young guy or two, you're going to have some, some vets in there that can kind of lead those guys. I like that. So when I went with free agents, that made sense, Mark. Here's what I came up with. Here's, the, here's the, essentially the style of back that I came up with. One, I looked 
I looked younger. Now, most of these guys are 25 through 27. Yeah. I didn't go really beyond 27. They're really coming off a, a first contract. And so there's not a ton of tread off the tire. There are some guys that compliment Damian from a pass catching third down type. Some of these are just a continuation of Damian in that Damian runs hard. He imposes his will, and all of a sudden, he goes off the field, and the next guy does the exact same thing, and we just browbeat you into submission. I know, so, who you're go- I know where you're going. So that, that's I already kinda, know who you're co- going after here. So those are kind of the two styles okay. of backs that I've okay. looked at. So first, first running back to me that sort of made some sense, Alexander Madison from the Minnesota Vikings. He's going to turn 25 before the start of the season. And he might be looking to be running back one. He only had 74 catches or 74 runs last year, 283 yards, 15 receptions. So he had 89 touches for the whole year. He is falls in that category of Pierce is coming out of the game. He just beat the absolute bejesus out of you. Now Madison comes in the game and does the same thing to you. They're going to leave you black and blue. Alexander Madison was one guy that I thought of. Well, I like the fact that his last name can go with the same syllable rhyming structure as Alexander Madison oh, as Hamilton. that's nice. So Lin-Manuel Miranda could write the fight song, the theme song of the team for 2023 maybe, but of course you're not going to build it around Alexander Madison even if right. you require him. But, yeah, that kind of player, Johnny, that kind of player would fit, and the money would seem to make sense for the way this team, right. the way we project it, is going to put things together. Not spending a whole heck of a lot in free agency, but yeah. you get what you pay for, and so you probably have to pay a little bit for Alexander Madison. Never been a number one. He wouldn't be expected to be a number one here. But I would imagine as the number two or the 1B to Damian 1A, he's going to get – 10, 11 touches a game. So if you project that over a season, you're talking about 175 to 190 touches. He had 89 last year. You got to lighten the load for Pierce. Absolutely. And you absolutely have to be effective with the other guys. And he can be effective. So that's not a bad player to single out. Okay, here's one. Speaking of single, Mm -hmm. Devin Singletary, Buffalo Bills. Now, he's a little different. He's had 700 touches in his four-year career with the Bills. He's going to turn 26 in September. This past year, he had 177 runs, 819 yards. He had 38 receptions, and that's the other category. The guy that can be a shiftier, out-of-the-backfield, pass reception uh, compliment to Damien. Now, Damien can catch the ball, but you know Damien's going to pound the rock. The other side of it is, okay, do you have a guy that compliments him? When he comes out, okay, you become a little bit more dangerous in the pass game. And because he's different than Damien, you can also play the two of them together at the same time and do some different things with a guy like Devin Singletary, the Buffalo Bills. So we think that Singletary fits into the offense the way we project Slowick's going to organize it. Uh, Good point. Absolutely. And I think Pierce will catch the ball more. I know he's got that talent, that club in his bag, as you like to say. So I would expect them to develop that more. And this is why, because he's a free agent, this is one of the reasons why everyone has the Bills in the Saquon Barkley, Josh Jacobs sweepstakes, right? right? Those guys are free agents. Are the Bills, are they going to get franchised or not? We're in that tag window right now for the next couple of weeks. But are the Bills going to go for a big-time running back because they need to figure it out? They watched the 49ers go and get Christian McCaffrey right from under their nose and saw what McCaffrey did, and they're probably thinking the same thing. How about this? Uh, you, you look at the Buffalo Bills, and Zach Moss gets traded to Indy. And we saw Zach Moss yeah. in that last game, and I thought, 
the Bills need this guy. Right. He was on their team. And I know exactly. Naheem Hines had some good moments for Buffalo, especially the DeMar Hamlin game with the two returns for touchdowns. That was phenomenal stuff. Very emotional. But why did the Bills let go of Moss? I don't know. When they need that thumper yes. in the postseason. See, that's the thing. Who's the thumper for the Bills when they carry the ball? It's Josh Allen. Well, you don't want that. Yeah. To me, Zach Moss exacts that physical punishment on a team. I, I, I'm with you. I didn't quite get that. Because if you look at the Bills' backs with Naeem Hines and, and Singletary, they weren't guy. They were making miss guys. Yeah, they weren't going to be guys that could exact the punishment on a defense, which I think the Bills needed to have. I didn't get the Zach Moss thing, what whatsoever. Johnny, the Bills are a fascinating study. I don't want to go so off on much. too much of a tangent here, but this is a great example of a team that ew, they're right there. Mm -hmm. And now the the window look windows whatever. As long as you have the quarterback, basically yeah. you should be in your window, but. They have some more than nuances to take care of here. Does Diggs really want out? What are they going to do at the running back position? How do you handle the development of Josh Allen? You need to complement him better with a running game and maybe some other pass catchers or a different style of play or, or implement new styles or new elements to take a little bit of pressure off the quarterback yep. position, especially the way he's getting pounded lately. And look, he got whacked in a throwing play. Right. It wasn't a running play. We talked about this yesterday, I believe. But I find their situation really interesting because everyone has got a, an opinion on how to build them up to finally cross that next threshold. They haven't been able to get there yet. It's going to be interesting to follow. Very much so. This third name, somebody in our building was instrumental in him being drafted back in 2019. That Damian Harris Patriots, mm. formerly of Alabama, and yes, when you get the free agency, connections matter. Nick Casario was part of the drafting of Damian Harris. This past year, only 106 carries for 462 yards. Ramondre Stevenson was the guy who sort of took over for the Patriots, but we know how the Patriots are with running backs. Yeah. It's... It can be Harris one year. It could be Stevenson one year. It could be Tajay Spears, a rookie this year, if that's who they ended up drafting, which I hope they don't. Gosh, I that love sounds him. interesting, Damian Harris, doesn't it? Yeah. Does so it not? Of the guys you've mentioned so far, pick one. Hmm. I think Damian Harris. Yeah, I think so. I too. think Damian Harris. Upside. I, I think there's upside. He'll turn 26 in February, and he had his biggest season in 2021. He ran for 929 yards. He had 15 touchdowns in 2021. Here's the thing. He doesn't have a lot of tread off the tire. And I think he is not quite like Damian Pierce, but I think he's got that physical running quality. I think it I think it stings when he's running the football. I think he's been well coached. I think Damian Harris makes a, makes uh he makes a lot of sense. Here's another one. Now, this is the only guy that I went He's got a connection to Casario, so okay, let's see if we can find a connection to D'Amico Ryans. This is the only guy I went that was over 27. That's Raheem Mostert of the Dolphins. Now, he's going to be 31 at the start of the season, yeah, yeah. and that's tough. However, he's had just 465 career carries, so he doesn't have all the tread off the tire, and his best seasons were with the San Francisco 49ers mm. from 2017 to 2020. I don't know that I don't know that Mostert is the perfect number two, but I like the speed. I love the speed, actually. And D'Amico's got a connection to him from his years of the 49ers. That was the one where I was like, Ew. only because of the age. He's not gonna make a lot of money. He 
That's the other thing. I, I, I can't even call it a prove-it deal. He's been in the league a long time. 2015, his rookie year yep. with the Dolphins and then the Ravens and then the Bra- – I mean, he bounced around a bit mm-hmm. before he really got absorbed into that San Francisco system. Right. And that's what makes you excited about this particular prospect in free agency. That yep. Slowick's offense, okay, uses those elements. He's going to know this offense, in. too. Look, in, in Miami for a minute, it was going really well, right? Right. <laughs> it was going really well there. And they couldn't get enough former 49er running backs. Yeah. So uh, I wouldn't be surprised to see him end up back there, by the way. Yeah, that's in true. In Miami or maybe even San Francisco. Who knows how that plays out. But, yeah, it would seem to be a good fit here as far as somebody to try out. Yeah. You cannot hang your hat on somebody who's been in the league that long yeah, I, I agree. and take those chances. But maybe, just maybe, with – not having to rely on him so much. Right. He's going to know the offense. He's got some serious juice. He has got serious jets, even at 31. Okay, these last two are two guys that haven't played a ton. But Travion Williams for the Bengals has really not done much of anything with the Bengals. He's a fifth-round pick. He had a great year at AM. He kind of falls in that Devin Singletary category. He's not a bruiser. But he's a guy that's been using kick returns. He really has that chance behind Samaje P. Ryan and Joe Mixon. He's 26. He's from Houston. I think you could get him on a, on a relatively inexpensive deal, and I think he's still got some juice left. He only had six carries this past year. I think there's something in Travion Williams. The other one is Justice Hill of the Ravens. He had turned 26 in November, so he'll be 25 when the season starts, but it's been injuries. He had an Achilles injury in 2021, Ooh. and because he had that injury, kind of struggled to come back. Of course, He averaged over five yards a carry last year. Uh, on just 49 carries for the Ravens, he also had 12 receptions. He's also got some serious juice. I would be more apt to look at Justice Hill than maybe some of these guys on the list because I think I can get him maybe for for cheaper, and I think he could develop into a really solid complement to to Damian Pierce. So Justice Hill, that's why I picked these five guys. Why did I pick five or six? I think I had six. Yeah, Madison, please. Singletary, Harris, Mostert, Williams, and Hill. Those are the six free agents that made some sense. Now, I know what people are going to say. Tony Pollard's a free agent. Tony Pollard's, first of all, I don't think going to get out of Dallas. Franchise? I think he's either going to get franchise or they're going to give him a deal to keep him there. there whoa, there's whoa, whoa. there's that, no way. They're not doing that again, are they? What? Falling in love with a running back to the tune no, of I'm giving not, him a huge deal? No, I'm not saying that they're going to give him Zeke Elliott money. No, no, no. no. They're not going to be dumb about they're this. They're going to have to but, win the sweepstakes, though. He's going to take the money. Because here are the running back free agents. It's pretty good. Saquon, Josh Jacobs, Dave Montgomery, Miles Sanders, Tony Pollard, uh, Madison, Devin Singletary, Kareem Hunt, wouldn't touch, Damian Harris, Rashad Penny. Rashad Penny was what I thought about, but then the injury factor kind of hit me. I was like, Well, he know. got a hamstring pull late in the year. Right. And but he's he, he's been like that his whole career. Yeah. When he was healthy, what did he do to us? Oh my god. He destroyed us. I, uh, that's what I was thinking you were thinking. It's like Will when Fuller we started this right. segment. But you know what a lot of listeners are saying right now? Deontay Foreman, everybody, because look, since he left here, all right, mm-hmm. it started out a little rocky in Tennessee, but then he got it going in 2021, right? And he really got it going for the Panthers last year. 914 yards, my goodness, right. four and a half per pop. Why did the Panthers feel good about trading Christian McCaffrey? Because they knew that they had Foreman, they had Chuba Hubbard, and that's that's what I'd like to get to with our running game. I'd like to get to a point where who's running well today? Either one. They had Chuba Hubbard, they had Deontay Foreman, and it was like one game, one guy would have the hot hand, next game, the other guy would have the hot hand. And that's how they went for the whole season. And they were tough, and they got nothing really out of the quarterback position. So, Foreman. Deontay Foreman, I would do it. 
I would absolutely of, do it. A ton of talent. The way it ended up here, you thought, well, maybe this never materializes. He's got the pension now, and he's going to keep playing. He's going to get a job. There's no doubt. And I think this would be a great place for him. It's just a matter of with boomerangs, boomerangs, guys that were here, left, came back. You know, Quentin Demps was a boomerang. It worked great for QD. Yeah. But, you know, some guys have got to they got to get past whatever happened. Right. And that and was that's a pre- hard. That that's, was a that's previous tough to regime. And I know they they have notes on the subject, but you never know what they're thinking about certain players, Johnny, because all these coaches coming in from all over the place, right? Yeah, definitely. And D'Amico has definitely reached out across the league for sure. coaches. It hasn't Absolutely. just been like, let me get all the 40 former 49ers in here. It hasn't been that way at all. Absolutely. So they're reaching out to different uh, skill sets, knowledge sets, mm-hmm. if you will, as coaches and everybody knows people and they're going to get some good information on these players and you never know the effect that D'Amico can have on a particular player so this is going to be fun to watch I don't like to talk contract too much but I wonder what Deontay would take in a contract but can you imagine with Damian and Deontay Johnny both are healthy Johnny of all these guys we've been talking about that's tough if he is healthy right now as we speak he's going to make some money he's got a case to make here like listen the last two years, when I've been given the opportunity, I have run the ball well. I'm not Derrick Henry, but guess what? I'm pretty good. He can make that case. His agent has got a nice sell here to a team, so I'm not so sure he's going to be totally affordable. Right, and that exactly. And is he going to be looking for a number one spot somewhere? Is are one of these places where there is a number one now, and all of a sudden the guy takes pre-agent money elsewhere and they paper. can't franchise him in, like the Raiders. For example, the Raiders. If the Raiders can't come to an agreement with Josh Jacobs and they don't want to franchise him, well, Jacobs is going somewhere else. Yeah. You know, maybe that's a spot where the Raiders are like, hey, do you have to form a But you know whose phone number Josh McDaniels no, has, and he's going to make a call. And I don't know what that's going to be like. I think Deontay has grown up. From what I've heard from people around the league, I think Deontay has grown up. Uh, I agree. He's gotten look, beyond some of that stuff. Look he's at the only going to be 27 in April. Look at the results. On, yeah. Just look at his path on paper. You're like, okay. The guy's got it together. Yeah. The guy's going to be a number one running back somewhere or potentially a number one running back somewhere. I just hope he doesn't end up back. Well, no, no I don't think the Titans are going to do it. Colts. No, the Titans doesn't... had him right there, but they I have Derrick Henry, I... so what are they going to do? Right. The, look, the, we haven't gotten to that topic yet. No. What's Henry going to be like in 2023? Is it starting to get a little different? Here's here? the thing. Here's the thing about Henry, mm-hmm. and, I, and, I'm, and I'm done doing this. Oh, he had all those yards in high school. It's going to taper off in college. No. Oh, look, it's he's running 44, 45 times in college. That's not going to happen in the NFL. And then you start seeing the NFL. Yep, see, told you. And then all of a sudden, oh, my God, he's turned into Derrick Henry. And now my point is he's defied everything you've ever said about yes. a running back. He's been better on a second contract in the NFL. And running backs are never better on a second contract seemingly in the NFL. He's defied everything. So I will never say he's done, he's cooked. I'll never say it no. until he says I'm done. But and we'll, that will be a glorious day. But I think there's there's room for diminishment between what he has right. been at his peak and done. No, you I, know, I, he I might agree. not be at the peak. And he's kind of not quite, he's definitely not done, but he's not who he was anymore. And that could be a good thing for the rest of the AFC South. So let me ask you this. Yeah. Let's get to the draft part now. All right. At what point Texans have 2, 12, 33, 65, 73, 103, 136, bunch of six, and a seventh? When do you think it would make sense to take a running back? Or do you think it makes sense to take 
a particular running back at a particular spot, i.e. B. John Robinson at number 12. Okay, if I'm Nick, if, if, if you put me in that draft room, once I get past the first round and maybe pick 33, is it? Yep. Once I get packed past that pick, I might just be on pins and needles on when to pull the trigger on Deuce Vaughn because I want him so bad, Johnny. I know what you're thinking. Oh, no, you're not thinking this. You're not that guy. I love the guy. I, I You could you could I do just, it. I want him on this team so badly, and you and I are going to be doing this draft coverage stuff, mm-hmm. and if somebody else takes him, look, you have one out of 32 chance. Maybe the odds are less or more. I don't know. Whatever the odds are of you taking him. I would love to see him on this squad. I really would. I mean, he would be fantastic. I mean, he's he's short now. I mean, I know people know that. I mean, I think when he goes to the combine, he might be five five. There there might be two fives, but even at five six, I and I don't really care if he's. I honestly don't care if he's five five. I don't care if he's five eight. It doesn't matter to me because when that guy has the ball in his hands, he does incredible things, and I think he would be the perfect the the guy the two buckets we talked about. Guys that are just going to be the continuation of Damian Pierce from a physical standpoint, or you're going to have a guy that comes in and you're like, whoa, that guy is so different. 99-mile-an-hour fastball, Deuce Vaughn is the guy that's throwing the 83-mile-an-hour sliders, and he's spotting the four-seamer, and then, oh, maybe he's got a knuckleball because you're trying to figure out, oh, my God, how do I tackle this guy? Because you can't see him. Put him and Pierce in the game at the same time. And you can do that, too. I think this is a real good class. So I, I, I have... Deuce as an option right at the top of the fourth round, 103 overall. There's 100. Yes. I want to begin my Saturday with Deuce. That would be awesome. Thank you. That would be fantastic. Um, I'll give you one name that I really like. Mm-hmm. I would have to think long and hard. Now, I, I've got in the running backs group, I've got some, I've got a couple of uh, kind of weapon X's, I would call them. Jameer Gibbs, I kind of look in that category. Devon A. Chain, I put in that category as well. Tajay Spears, Tulane, circle the name. Okay. Dude is unbelievable. He is, Tulane at the end of the year had must-win games, and they gave it to him one time, 35 times. He's 5'11", 195. They gave it to him 35 times against Cincinnati. He got in the championship game against UCF, and they threw it to him. He hit big runs. He got in the game against USC. I think he carried it 46 times in the game against USC. Where, where do you think he gets picked? See, I, I've been struggling with this because I have him. Where do I have him right now? I have him at number 65. That's high. Yeah. I love this guy. Okay. I, I absolutely, I think he's, I think he is, you can make a case for him being as complete a back as you're going to find. Should I however, tell you where PFF has him? Because I know however, you value their no. opinion so much. However, he's had two ACL tears. He's had two seasons. Well, he's injuries. gotten him out of the way, Johnny. That's my hope. That is my hope. Mark, excellent job talking about the running backs. And next, we'll talk within the lab. Drew Doherty, John Harris, right here on Texans All Access. Oh, yeah, it's time for Texas All Access from the Hyundai Texans Radio Studio. I'm your host, John Harris, and it's time for In the Lab. Texans In the Lab, as we sort of rebranded a little bit. Drew Doherty and myself talking about going to the Combine. Let's go. It is time for the Combine. Well, really one week from the Combine. Drew Doherty, John Harris, good to see you, my friend. Yeah, man. Getting ready for the Combine. This will be, uh, it's, always a fun, it's always a fun event. It's always something Good to come out of it. I have my favorite combine story from last year. What's that? And it features a Texan. Yeah. And you know what it is. I can't remember right now. Jiggle my memory. I think it was Friday, maybe the last day we were there, maybe Thursday. Mm-hmm. Nobody was doing a bench press. Right. Nobody. 
Like each position was like two guys. It was like the two bulkiest guys from each position. And so they got to running back, and there were maybe three running backs that did did the bench. Hassan Haskins, who ended up being a Titan, mm-hmm. one other one other guy, and they were both like two twenty five plus. And Haskins was a former linebacker, so they wanted to obviously show it off. All these other running backs, because they changed the combine. And they put the bench in the same day that you're working out. So a lot of agents were like, no, 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 do not bench. Right. Just do the workout on the field, the on-field workout. Damian Pierce rolls up. Yep. And he gets under the bench. All the running backs were about, I don't know, what, 25, 30 of them. They were all not lifting. So they were all surrounding the platform where the bench was on. So you couldn't quite see him. But they had cameras that were you know, situated so you could see him bench. And so I couldn't see him. So I was watching the the TV, basically. I could see the arms going up. But on the TV, I'm like, something look weird. I'm like, what is he? Does he got, does he have slides on? He does. He had Uggs slides on as he's doing the bench. And he did 21 reps at 225 that is wearing strong. UGG slides. Wow. And so I told that story on He's draft He's not lifting night. with his feet, though. What's that? He's not lifting with his feet, though. No, but. I'm joking. I told DP to tell him that story. So I told that story during draft, as soon as he was drafted. All the great things about him, I said, well, I have this story, too. So DP was interviewing him after he got drafted. And typical, you know, Damian Pierce, is like, yeah, man, I could have done 24, 25 and had regular shoes on. <laughs> I, just, I died laughing because I'm like, why didn't you? But I thought it just added to the allure of a guy that we kind of knew had some personality, that he's doing 21 reps. And it was there were only three, I think, running backs that did bench the whole time, and he was one of the three, and he cranked 20-plus with Ugg slides on. See, the things you see at the combine. You were there last year. 21, we missed it because covid the after effects but right. 20 was like one of the last things that happened right before, before COVID. covid hit yeah. so i've been to every combine but the 21 one since 2010 yeah we didn't have one in 21 actually it was just pro days yeah and you've been to every one since 14 basically right. aside mm-hmm. from the 21 so we've got our routine and it's down we're mm-hmm. gonna get there monday you mark and probably sudarth gonna stay till friday yeah the rest of us will come back thursday right it's mainly it's become for us a day to talk with Casario on either Tuesday or Wednesday, and right. then vice versa, D'Amico Ryan's. One goes one day, one goes the next. We get all that. We talk with some of our friends, counterparts from other teams, yep. national media. It's a it's a quick trip, a nice trip, a fruitful trip. We get so much content, yep. radio, video, written while we're there. I can't wait to go back and we go out and have a nice meal together a couple times yeah that's always fun yeah it's always fun to get out and break bread because we haven't been on the road together for a while and so now we're getting all back out there and so that's always that's always fun you know meeting and talking to the people that we know from throughout the league that's always cool but then you you know of course not you know you don't name drop but it's just oh hey there's such as we gotten so used to see Mm -hmm. i mean the first year whenever you know, a coach or a GM would walk by. My eyes got really big, like, oh, man, that's Rex Ryan. Or <laughs> now you just kind of walk side by side with, you know, whomever. You see, you know, some scouts, some coaches. I thought Nick Casario made an interesting point the other day talking about who goes to the combine now. And there are some teams, Texans included, that have analyzed who needs to go to the combine, who needs to be there, who needs to be in the interviews, 
do the, uh, the coaches better serve to stay here? It used to be everybody. Every yeah. single coach, everybody. every member of the front office, they were all there. That's That's been trimmed back for yeah, sure. Yeah, absolutely. And so um, that I find that sort of fascinating and a little disappointing because you do see coaches from a lot of different places. Um, you know, guys that have been here, like, for example, probably two, three years ago, we saw Charles London there. Hell, dude. I, at least, I think it was 19, maybe 18, we're walking in the halls before you make that turn. Yeah, that yeah, last yeah. Turn. Mm -hmm. We chatted for about two or three minutes with D'Amico Ryans. Oh, yeah. Young D'Amico Ryans, yeah. a young assistant with the 49ers. It was right. great seeing him and yeah. yeah, catching up with him. Probably I Johnny mean, Holland was with him. And there's so, so many different people that, oh, this guy's with that team. Mm -hmm. This guy's with that team. Oh, mm -hmm. you see a guy wearing a logo, and you're like, oh, man, I didn't know. Because what ends up happening is when a, if, a, if a coaching staff changes or moves for a lot of, a lot of it, it happens in the offseason. And so sometimes you don't see that guy again, like Charles London, for example, when he decided to go to the Bears, I think it was, this happened in the offseason. And Charles was a guy that we got to know as a running backs coach here from 14 through 17, 18. And just a great guy. Went up to Chicago. You don't get to even say goodbye to these guys. Next time you see him, you might be in a game and go, oh, wait a second. Hey, there's Charles London. Yeah. So. Hell, seeing him at different events has been like him in particular has been kind of cool. So with the senior bowl, he was the offensive coordinator for one of the teams. It was pretty cool to see him. We had about 20 minutes, 30 minutes last year with TJ Yates. Yeah, yeah, Just yeah that's right. Up with T it was great yeah. seeing TJ. Yeah, that was I mean, that was cool. So you get those kind of things that are kind of fun. You catch up with people, and then you know, you, one of the other things that I, I know for radio, we get to catch up with a lot of the voices. And mm -hmm. so in that 2020 year, we were supposed to play the NFC North. Mm-hmm. We did play the NFC North, but we didn't travel like we were supposed to. But we got Paul Allen on from the Vikings. We got uh, Jeff Joniak from the Bears. Um, we've got, you know, obviously all the AFC South uh, voices that come on with us. And we love it. We get Bob Sochi sometimes from the New England Patriots. Mm -hmm. If he's there, he'll pop on with us. And so just getting those voices on to talk about their teams and getting to know them a little bit. I mean, we talked with Jeff Joniak maybe – 20 minutes on the air He's and maybe a half hour off yeah and it was it was and that's, pretty awesome that's the typical i mean you yeah, guys get absolutely. a lot of facetime you absolutely you talk shop what's yep. going on in your building absolutely it's it's such a fruitful endeavor just going yeah. there and, and getting to getting to be there i love it i can't yeah. wait in indianapolis i hate that team there but <laughs> boy i love everything else about that town yeah. it's a fun town it's a good town it's set up perfectly for it I love going to Indianapolis, both playing them and going to this comp. I, it's so much fun. When I talk to people f throughout the league, and they're like, man, you're three division teams, man. That's that, Those must not be great trips. I'm like, mm -mm. man, are you kidding me? Those three I trips are I love all three awesome. of those towns. Yeah, they're all different. Those those three are, are fantastic. Um, I love it. I love going to Indy. I mean, Indy's a great events town, so they know how to do things. And obviously, I, I, I coached and lived in Jacksonville for seven years, but I just love the beach. I love that you know southern feel to a Pine town trees, and then nashville yeah. is nashville's just that's just a happening spot yeah. i mean for everybody i mean everybody tries to get to nashville in some way shape or form especially if you're getting married a bachelor bachelorette party i can only imagine what the draft was like there when they had it how many ever years ago that was they did it right man they, they did it, it yeah it was backed up to the river yeah and they put put this awesome stage on yeah. the main street it was awesome they, I, they yeah. killed it they did I a great, love our, great i job. love our division trips man mm -hmm. and you're right indy this this um this combine will be cool because it'll be the second one so last year was okay are people going back to it are media people going back to it are coaches going back to it who's all going back who's not going 
who are you going to be able to catch up with? And then, of course, the one thing we've kind of glossed over is once the prospects take the stage, mm-hmm. the quarterback interviews are unbelievable because they set this thing up. So they set up podiums. So there are probably eight podiums now they set up, maybe ten. And then they put up placards showing who's coming up, and then they separate it by position and then by alphabetical order, I think. And so you look up there, and you're like, okay, when is Bryce Young going to stage? Well, being Y Young, he'll probably be on one of the far ends, thankfully, because there's only so much space between where they've got a camera platform and where the podiums are. And so when these quarterbacks, when there have been big-name quarterbacks – those you can't get by. There's so many people there. There's this throng of probably about a hundred plus people in a I don't know ten by ten space, just all crammed in there, mm-hmm. you know, trying to get a question off, and it's just mass chaos. It's always fun to watch. Yeah, it's always a blast to watch. But to just know that whatever that guy says is going to end up on Twitter, it's like you're right in the middle of everything that's going on. Some it's of the most cool. memorable ones I've seen in that regard over the years, Cam Newton. Drew a massive yeah, crowd yeah. at 11. I wish I would have been there for that one. And there was one other quarterback in 2011, but you're going to have to go find the End of Lab podcast to listen to that because we got to talk Jackson Smith and Jigbo, Ohio State's wide receiver who missed all of 2022. That's next on Texans All Access. One of the more polarizing draft prospects in this particular draft class is Ohio State wide receiver Jackson Smith in Jigba. He was outstanding alongside Chris Olave and 2022 Offensive Rookie of the Year Garrett Wilson in 2021. But in 2022, he was hurt early in the Notre Dame game, the opener, and didn't play again. So he's a little bit mysterious to most. So DP City decided to dive in and learn all about Jackson Smith in Jigba. Join me once again, Phil Harrison. He's a writer and editor for USA Today's Buckeyes Wire. And it wouldn't be a draft prospect series, Phil, if we didn't talk about some Ohio State wide receivers, because I feel like it's wide receiver you. It really is, just especially over the past few years. And this year, no exception, wide receiver Jackson Smith in Jigba. What separates him from some of the other Ohio State wide receivers you've seen in the past? Okay, so yeah, Ohio State has had a run of wide receivers here. And if you ask we had two first rounders taken last year between Garrett Wilson and uh, Chris Olave. Both of them yes. could have won rookie of the year. Right. And, and of course, Garrett Wilson did uh, both really good wide receivers, but believe it or not, the year that all three of them were playing together, Jackson Smith and Jigba led the team in receiving. Right. So we had two first rounders and Smith and Jigba had 1600 yards of, of receiving offense on that team, better than Olave and better than Wilson. Now what sets him apart, he's not the fastest guy. Um, he doesn't get down the field. I don't know if he's going to actually, he's been invited to the NFL combine. I don't know what he's going to do at it, but his 40 time probably won't be great for a wide receiver. He's not going to, he's not going to break the gun, um, but his ability to accelerate out of his routes and to gain separation uh, in the middle of the field. And then his ability after the catch to uh, make guys miss kind of in a subtle way, he's kind of moving forward and making guys miss and just his vision is, and his it really sets him apart. And then he makes unbelievable catches. I mean, his, his ability to use his hands and go up in traffic is second to none. Again, he doesn't outrun people, but he just finds separation like in the middle of the field and then uses his hands in contested catches. So I think it says a lot to know that he ended up outperforming, if you will, uh, two first rounders uh, when he played and was healthy. 
Our football analyst, John Harris, he compares Njigba to the 49ers, Debo Samuel, because of his versatility. So what do you think his best asset is as a receiver? I would say his route running and ability to separate. I mean, like we talked about before, he's just so quick out of his routes and, and, and the route running that he has and so such quick burst. Again, his top level speed isn't, you see, you'll see him get caught from behind, but his ability to get out of those cuts and burst into his routes and gain separation Probably, honestly, the best I've ever seen um, of a wide receiver at Ohio State. And that's really what sets him apart. What about his fit? Where does he fit into an NFL offense? Deep threat or slot receiver? Where would you put him? I put him in slot. I mean, that's where he was at Ohio State. And again, just to mention, he's not going to really take the top off of the defense because he's not, you know, a burner. It's fast enough, more than, a, more than adequate, but he's not a burner that's going to just go down the field on the seam routes. But again, he, he, in the middle of the field and in traffic separates from his competition to where he's open, gets the ball, and then he does his best work when he gets the ball and then and is able to make moves uh, in space against the defense. So I would definitely right. think he's a slot receiver as opposed to outside. What about his performances that you've covered? Which one really stands out to you or a particular game oh. or moment or play that really uh, in Jigbo's? Without question. I remember sitting in the Rose Bowl press box. Actually, we, yeah, I was sitting in the Rose Bowl press box when he had 300 and I'm going to get the, the top 337 yards receiving, right? Um, that's ridiculous to even think about a receiver getting 330 yeah. yards through the year. But that was the best performance I've ever seen from a wide receiver ever. ever. Mm-hmm. And by the way, C.J. Stroud was throwing to him. But just that game alone, it was, again, that what we talked about. He could catch the ball, separate, and it wasn't, you know, he wasn't one of the top. He was catching the ball, finding those steam routes and making everybody miss and getting to the end zone. Mm-hmm. The one play that I remember the most, he, uh, there's actually two of them. He caught the ball and then had a guy trailing. He did get caught from behind, but he stiff-armed the, the Utah defensive back for about 15 yards and got into the end zone, right? So it goes to tell you what kind of strength he has as well. And then the other one, just a ridiculous catch that he made where it was in the very corner of the end zone, and he, it just dropped out of the sky right on, the, end, right on the, the side of the end zone. And somehow he was able to last minute adjust his eyes and catch the ball and make the catch and get two feet, actually two feet inbounds and then pushed out of bounds. And it's actually the, I think it was a game tying score. So just an unbelievable ability to adjust with a guy draped right on him. There's no doubt JSN is going to be hugely polarizing. And a big thanks to DP City for getting that from Phil Harrison from Buckeye Wire, who covered the Ohio State Buckeyes in 2022. And a big thanks to obviously DP, to Phil, to Mark, to Drew, to all of you. Thank you so much. We'll see you tomorrow. And as always, go Texans.